Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Surprise once again on a Friday. Jason DeRussia off. He will be back, um, I believe, sometime after Christmas. Uh, for the uh, Christmas after the, the Christmas break. You know, and they're they're going to they're they're clearing the bench at WCCO. Susie Jones, what a delight. And so great to read so many texts that come in on the uh, talk and text line at WCCO, which is uh, 651-461-9226. But yeah, so many people happy to hear Susie this afternoon. I was delighted to tune in and listen to Susie Jones as well. So uh, just great. And, and again, as I said, they're clearing the bench. So um, I don't think I'm, I might be the third line. Uh, maybe the penalty killing line, something like that. I, I don't know. I, I can't keep track, but I'm happy to be here and I'm glad that you are along this afternoon. We'll get you home for your drive, uh, into your holiday weekend. If it plays out that way for you, Dan Cook is in charge and at the controls, So he'll make sure everything works well. Hey, good afternoon, Dan. How the heck are you? You know, John, uh, it's the last day before, like you said, holiday break. Uh, so I, I'm great. I'm great. I don't know how, you know, putting me in charge today might be a really bad idea, uh, you know, in case I just sort of get into senioritis checkout mode at some point here during the show, but we'll see. We'll see. No, I think you're, 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 you're pretty, you're always engaged. Well, you're, you know? very, is, you're very kind to say so. This is the nice thing about working with engaged employees. When I say that, I mean people who want this to go well rather than, than just the, the mail it in type of employee. We don't have those at WCCO, but no, we're all no, familiar. No. We're all familiar with them. So, yeah, we, we have people who are focused and engaged and, and ready to play. So, and again, I'll remind you, anytime you want to comment, whatever, you can text on the CCO Talk and text line at 651-461-9226. Talk is a part of that, too. So you can also call in uh, when we get to that portion of the program. We'll have something for you. You know what? Uh, th- what this day is, besides being the 22nd of December, uh, now we're starting after last night being the longest night of the year. We are now going to gradually, it'll take a little while, but the days will start to gradually get longer. We'll have more hours of available daylight although they'll be shrouded in clouds, uh, at least for the coming few days here. It kind of seems that way. Dreaming of a brown Christmas? I hope you are, because that's what you're going to get. But anyway, today is also, and this ties in perfectly, following the longest night of the year, this is National Flashlight Day. I, you, I might have been unaware of that. I, I was totally unaware of that. Fla- National you have flashlight a flashlight day? You I have, have several flashlights, and I have I recently within I mean by recently I mean within the last six months, uh, have purchased a pair of the headlamps. Oh deal. yeah, you know. So if you're outdoors at night and you don't want to have your hands full with a flashlight, then you just kick on the headlamp and away you go. Yeah, especially if you're out also walking somewhere, yeah. it's not a bad idea. So people can see you coming. 
Um, and it's like, oh, there's a guy with a headlamp on. But the thing about a flashlight, now, do your flashlights, you said you have several of yes. them. Do you know where they are, and are they all in good working condition? I know where they are. I know that at least two are in working condition. So I'm, co- I'm covered in case there's a blackout, I guess. I do do you have rechargeable flashlights, or are they of the battery type? I believe they're all battery. The headlamps are rechargeable. Obviously, my phone is rechargeable. That comes with a flashlight on it. So, you, you might be surprised. Yeah, not much of one though. For no, uh, not know, for any if distance. You're, if you're looking for something on the floor of your car, yeah, or um, under the couch, kind of thing. Or yeah. under the yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's that's handy. Yep. You know how old the flashlight is? Ooh. They say possible, possibly the first battery operated flashlights showed up uh, in 1899, somewhere around that year. They're not sure, um, but then they became widely popular when they improved batteries. Hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, great last-minute gift idea on national. If you've got somebody on your list or maybe you've got to get, uh, you know, one of those gifts that's like, you know, well, we don't go more than $25 sure. and I drew, you know, so-and-so's name, get that person a flashlight. I mean, the, the good old-fashioned, I think the, the standby... Uh, the mag light. Yeah. Do you, do you have one of those? Uh, I believe you know one I'm, of one of mine is a mag light. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Heavy absolutely. Duty. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. And I, you could even unscrew the top and make a um, uh, all around light with it. Yeah. Or if your brother's giving you a hard time, you just whack him upside the head. With you can yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend to, well you're in law enforcement and just clobber him. So no, I'm kidding. I'm, it's a joke. We, we're not encouraging violence at Christmas time. No, 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 no. But the um, it dates back and. and I believe it was in China in the 30s that the mass production of flashlights became the thing. So, but I don't know. They just it came across my desk, and I thought, huh. "Oh, National Flashlight Day! I think I've given flashlights before." I don't know that gift. I have. I, I don't know that I've ever given somebody a purchase several. I don't know that I've ever thought, you know, what they really need a flashlight, a flashlight, <laughs> and they'll be. <laughs> Pardon the pun, pun, they'll be beaming when you give them <laughs> a flashlight with, with joy and gratitude. It's also, and I think this is just a, an interesting take, mm. it's National Short Person's Day. How are and, we defining short people at this point? Well, this is the thing. Yeah. In this country, um, I believe the male average in the U.S. is 5'10". Uh, at one time, I was six feet tall. Uh, I am now 5'10 and some change. Mm. I, I keep hoping that after some recent back surgery, I may have you know, gotten some of that height back when they sure. kind of straightened some things out by putting some screws into my spine. Maybe you know, put on one of those posture regulator deals. Yeah, that's sort of, sort of permanently installed. There you go. Yeah. But um, for men, it is... 510 okay. and I believe for women I think it's I want to say 55 on average something like that okay and it depends on where you are too because like in uh, Bolivia 4 foot 11 is the average oh my which would be Danny DeVito yeah is 4 foot 11. Tom Cruise no I mean sorry he's taller than that yeah well somewhere in that ballpark yeah he's not a very tall man a lot of talk recently about um, um, 
lifts in shoes with uh, <laughs> Florida Governor DeSantis. Yes. Being uh, accused of wearing You know how, to, remember Prince? Obviously you Yes. Do. Prince, five foot three. Yeah. Yeah, and like to wear those big, you know, heeled boots and stuff. And that apparently yes. is what led to a lot of the hip and flexor pl- pain that yeah. he was feeling that he then medicated and unfortunately led to his demise. Um, Dolly Parton, five feet tall. I believe that. Um, so just a couple of interesting things. And, and I think that there was a survey that was done that taller people have an advantage in the workplace that they are looked upon more favorably. Now, not, you know, um, Yao Ming tall or, or, uh, Carl Anthony Towns tall, but, um, but by and large, tall people, uh, they gather respect. However, and this might seem a, a bit of a stretch, but it, it's been true that um, you are 30% more susceptible to skin cancer. Really? If you, literally. This if you're, is the, if you're the, taller? The, yes. Well, you are closer to the sun. That's exactly, you think, really? Come on, how much <laughs> difference can that make? But it, apparently it does. They're so close to the sun. Short carries a reduced risk of skin cancer. Um, people born between 1938 and 1991, uh, ranging in height from 3 foot 3 to 7 foot 6, were surveyed. Swedish academics found that people of above average height were 30% more likely to be diagnosed with skin cancer. So if you're a short... Don't be afraid of standing in the shadows of taller people. <laughs> and wear your sunscreen. Yeah, and wear a hat, too. Not a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. And, and, and I have been cautioned to wear a hat more often because I, I have become follically challenged or follicularly. I, my, my hair is falling out of the yeah, top of my yeah, head. Yeah. yeah. You're joining the club. Welcome. Yes, I just got there maybe a little later. But on, on average, we are 5% taller than our ancestors. Hmm. So we got that going for yeah, us. You know. Woman considered 5'5 five five is average. A man considered 5'10 is average in the U.S. I just missed so. it because I'm 5'9". So. Well, yeah, yeah, but you carry it well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And this is why, you know, my son, my younger son, who is taller than average um, when he was younger. He was even, you know, taller as a, as a much younger person. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to slouch because he felt well, he uh, conspicuous. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. And I, I, I reminded him, stand up straight. When you walk into a room, walk into the room like you own it. There you go. And, you know, garner some respect. Someday you might. You never know. Yeah. So... Um, Texter writes average, in that uh, giving flashlights to kids for Christmas is a wonderful gift idea. Just make sure that you're also giving batteries. That's a thing. If you're given a gift and, you're, and it requires batteries, whatever it is you're giving, and you don't include an extra pack of batteries or something like that, you're, you're kind of a bad person. Yes. Kind of. Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to be too judgmental at Christmas here. No, I'm just no, saying, but it's like yeah, just, you just them something. buy the batteries. <laughs> Most most flashlights, when you buy them, though, are shrink-wrapped with batteries in the, the package. Many of them, yes. But as a general and, rule, yeah, just include some batteries. Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt. There's so. nothing worse than a kid opening a gift and wanting to play with it, and there's no batteries for the thing that requires batteries. I mean, that's just the worst. You just ruin Christmas. 
Well, you know, I remember this. Our good friend Steve Ank was talking about giving his sons, um, I think, one of the, the Xbox or PlayStation, one of those yeah. things. Yeah. And um, they figured out you need to download all kinds of stuff sure. before it's usable. Yeah. And so you should open the package, take care of that downloading Ooh. so that if you're giving it as a Christmas gift, you know, you can then close the package back up again. So at least it's ready to go. Because if you have to wait to play Grand Theft Auto, then where's the fun in that? that Merry is, yeah. Christmas? Yeah. No kid wants to sit there and do the updates all day long. Yeah. So just something to think about. But that is, I mean, that's, that's a burden on parents who may not be, you know, technically up to date on things to then yeah, have to then I, try to hook this thing up and figure out how to do the update. I mean, that's asking a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to recall. I think uh, Steve Inc was somewhat surprised because, you know, it's just like they, they, so they got it going. I think started down the process and, yeah. and then it's like, okay, now let's go to church while this is downloading <laughs> and getting ready to play. So and maybe after uh, church we'll next week, it'll be done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's 321. I want to do this. I want to take a time out. Remind you that you can text to this show. I'll share texts. One suggests maybe tall people get more skin cancer because they have more skin. I mean, that's logical. Yeah. So somebody else cleverly said, I've always looked up to taller people. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> I, uh, so anyway, um, giving flashlights to children, as you said, a wonderful Christmas gift idea. Don't forget the batteries. We'll take this time out. Come back with some more. News Talk 830 WCCO. Yeah, not going to happen a white Christmas. Um, not in the Twin Cities for sure. And hardly anywhere in the state, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Dan? I think, what did you say? Eight times since when that we have... Uh, since 2000. Had, since the turn since of the 2000. century. We've had eight brown Christmases, or this will be the eighth. It's either this will be the eighth or we've had eight here in the Twin Cities. Uh, yeah. But there's places in northern Minnesota that have never had, not, never not had a white Christmas that are going to have a white Christmas this year. So are going to have yeah. a brown Christmas this year. Right. Yeah. They're not, they're, everybody's missing out, yeah. basically. Pretty much the case. I don't know where you have to go uh, to find the snow, but it's out there somewhere, I'm sure. Well, the fake stuff is on all the ski hills. I mean, you can still do that, but... Well, it's not fake. Uh, manufactured. Manufactured. There you, there you go. Go with that. Sure. Um, somebody wanted to correct us and say, gents, all flashlights are lights, but not all lights are flashlights. If they don't flash, then it's not a flashlight. I, that, Wrong. That, that, that might you be can, putting way too much thought into the... Yeah, you can turn it on and off, yeah. and it, it will flash that way. So, yes, it still is a flashlight. And I mean, now you've, uh, you've got... Sons in the UK or a son in the UK. Yeah, and yes, in isn't, Ireland. Yes, isn't it? Uh, well, isn't is it just England or is it the whole UK where they call it a torch? Oh, you know, I think, I think it's probably the it's all of that. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I heard that it's once, a, like for the first time in the movie, and this was years and years and years ago, and it just threw me. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not a torch. There's no, you know, there's no burning oil or you know what, what are we talking about with a torch? Well, they have they a different flash, word flash. for almost everything. Seems like it. Yeah. My brother was talking about once when he, he was there, and my brother for many years drove uh, semi for um, Pearl Monroe, handled the McDonald's commissary, and then before that for beacons, moving, and storage. And he was talking with somebody when he was in England, mm. and they said, oh, so you drove a lorry? And he said, no, it's a truck. <laughs> and he said, no, a lorry. Yeah. And he, he said, it's a truck. 
I should know it was invented in the U.S. Yeah. And the, this guy says, yes, but we invented the language. And they sort so, of got us there. Yes, yes, we'll give that. We'll give you that one. We'll give you that one for sure. So, hey, uh, quick rundown here. A couple of things coming up. Alec Lewis is going to join us before the end of the show. We'll talk Vikings football. He's with The Athletic, and he's going to break it down on what the Vikings need to have happen to make their way into the playoffs. And it, it doesn't depend on divine intervention. No, they still it control might, their own destiny for sure. Yes, it, it might depend on somebody besides Mullins trying to, you know, do that sneak for the uh, first down or the tough, whatever, the extra point, whatever he was going or for. Or get a bigger pusher. That would be the other. Yeah, get a, yeah that's the other thing. Um, so that'll be a part of it. Um, we're going to talk, I, I, because this is a curious thing for me, uh, the uh, Reykjanes volcano or the, that opened in Iceland. And I love the fact that they've got to warn people, stay away. That's molten hot magma coming out of there. I mean, I, if you really got to warn people, well, I mean, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> after a point, shouldn't you just let Dr. Darwin take over and let you know whatever's yeah. going to happen going to happen? I don't know. Exactly. Hey, and something that's coming up in just a couple of minutes, yeah. and I'm anxious, the return at long last of three disasters and puppies. We haven't done this in the month of December because Jason and I have both been off every Friday in December. Well, so I'm, I'm we're doing it today. To be along for the ride. Absolutely. Three disasters and puppies. Gather the family around the radio, kids. It's what's on. We'll be right back after this. News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So that sort of explains the bit, John. I know you're new. I like it. I, I like you're it. You're new to Three Disasters and Puppies, but that's sort of the bit there. Three uh, disasters, and you have selected disasters, yes. are things that uh, appear to be a disaster for you. They might not be for everybody, but by golly, if you're calling disaster, then then I'm not going to throw the penalty flag. Well, I'll follow along. I appreciate that. I appreciate you playing along. I, you know, the other part of it is, since we're so close to Christmas, I don't want to go too hardcore into the disaster area, you know? I mean, you don't want to depress anybody. Even with the puppy story rescuing things at the end, I don't want to really bring people too far down. So they're disasters in maybe a mildly comedic sense. How about okay, that? Okay, I'm with you. All right, you ready? Let's start with disaster number one. John, have you heard the conspiracy theory that birds aren't real? No. You hadn't heard this one? No. All right, well, that's been going around for a little bit now. And the trouble is, soon enough, they may have some justification for it. What do I mean? Millions of people in the United States are bird watchers, but a couple of years ago, a satirical conspiracy theory gained popularity because of an absurd claim that those birds were also watching people. Specifically, it suggested that the U.S. government killed over 12 billion birds in the American skies and replaced them with surveillance drone replicas that watch you and me every day. That's according to Peter McIndoe, who is the founder of the satirical movement, which is called, quote, Birds Aren't Real. He says, I came up with the concept because I thought that was one of the most outlandish things, but that there was some level of possibility that there could be bird-shaped drones. Well, now, in the past couple of years, technology has evolved 
Simultaneously, trust in science has decreased and more misinformation has spread on the Internet. So now we're at a, to- we're at a period of time where the years have passed and the ideas have sort of grown around this birds aren't real bit and that it fits in more and more with things that are actually happening according to this guy that created the bit. Rather than being the stuff of Internet memes, some engineers are in fact trying to reverse engineer how birds fly to eventually take what they learn to create more efficient bird-like drones. Oh. The lessons researchers are learning from birds could translate into better drones, along with the structure of bird wings, the coloration of some birds, allows them to coast in the air more efficiently. Get this. Many seabirds, like albatrosses, have black feathers on the top of their wings and white on the bottom, which heats the air on top of the bird and helps generate lift. The field of biometrics has matured a lot in the past couple of years, and it makes a world where drones are not as easily as distinguishable from birds. According to one scientist, maybe in the future, the not-so-distant future, you will not be able to distinguish the real and the artificial birds. Say it ain't so. We're going to have you drone know, birds, John. Drone birds. Here, here is the thing, Dan. Yeah. Uh, before I, you get to the next disaster. No, go ahead. Go ahead. There was a movie a couple of years ago. I don't recall the name of it, but somebody listening will know it. They will text it to the CCO talk and text line at 651-461-9226, where they were trying to decide whether or not to fire some sort of like a hellfire missile at, you know, potential terrorists. And they had these little teeny tiny drones. Some were like bees and some were like birds that flew into an open house and perch. Helen Murren was in the movie. I can't think of what it is, but somebody will know it and they'll text it. So I'll, I'll wait patiently for that, but I'll listen for disaster number next. Disaster number two, John. Yeah, that's scary. No, I don't, I don't need, we don't need to convert, com, uh, confusing birds with drones. Let's just have the birds be the birds and the drones be the drones and bad things happen if we try to conflate those two things. Also, bad things are happening here in Minnesota, John, because of the warm weather. As many people heard earlier this week, the Minnesota Ice Festival, which had high hopes for 2024 that included what they believe would break the record for the world's largest ice maze, has unfortunately had to be canceled. Oh! On Wednesday, the CEO announced that the winter celebration, which was supposed to start at January 5th at Vikings Lakes in Egan, has been canceled, blaming the unseasonable start to winter. goes without saying that temperatures in the 40s and 50s is not ideal for ice making. The CEO added that it's important for those attending events to featuring large ice or snow structures to exercise caution as warmer temperatures can affect the stability of these structures, creating potential hazards. Because there's other ice festivals or snow festivals that are still going on. They're building a, an ice castle up in Maple Grove near where my folks are living. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't step within 20 feet of that thing the way that the temperatures are right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a little shaky, it's Dan. Little, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Uh, this particular event, a large amount of ice has already been delivered to the festival site. Organizers say it's under a blanket of insulation to keep it from melting, and they hope it can be used in a winter celebration of some sort later this winter when things cool down. As I was saying, other things are still going on. The Ice Palace, Minnesota, is at a standstill as crews wait for temperatures to cool down. The winter attraction, which started in Idaho, is in its second year in Minnesota, this year in its new location at Delano Central Park. So they're still hoping to get that done. Uh, with the shorter season, uh, the folks, again, with the Ice Castle, say they, they do not anticipate having to cancel the event. Last year, attendance reached nearly 50,000 with an opening date of December 27th. Hmm. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to get that open until mid-January at this point, and that's, again hoping that, can't, that the uh, temperatures cool down. 
It just occurred to me mm. that probably the pond hockey championships a problem. Not, they are, are, in, you know, maybe in jeopardy as well. I haven't heard that yet, but for Lake Nokomis, I, you know, I don't think I'd want to be standing near one of 20 hockey rinks out there on the frozen lake. You know, they're, they're saying that there's places up in northern Minnesota where it's okay to be out on the ice, but I mean, I've seen people around here in the metro out trying to ice fish, and no way. Are you getting me anywhere near Pond or Lake Ice in this area, given what the way the temps have been? Yeah, that's a little dicey to just, begin with. Just so. had, you heard the story about Upper Red Lake. They had a chunk of yes. ice break off. And a, my, my favorite part was the one guy who said, hey, can you come back and rescue me later? The fishing's pretty good. I want to stay yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah. when, the, when the ice flow breaks off and yeah. goes, it's, it's like being able to go trolling while yeah. you're ice well, fishing. Well, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Disaster. So what's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Number th- yeah, yeah, disaster okay. number three, John. Disaster number okay. three. And again lighthearted with the use of the word disaster at this point. We're, it's Christmas on, on Monday. Right? Let's just relax. Uh, but next month, stamp prices are going up, John. This is a disaster. This cannot stand. You don't have to go, you don't have to, you don't have forever to get forever stamps at 66 cents. Did you know that the current price of stamps is 66 cents? I, saw I have that no idea. Day. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was kinda, I've got a drawer full of forever well, stamps. Good, good, because it's going up to 68 cents on January 21st. The price hike is part of a rate increase proposed back in October and approved by Postal Service Service governors in November. Other services are also going to see an increase in January, including Priority Mail, which is going up 5.7%, Priority Mail Express, which is going up 5.9%, and USPS Ground Advantage, that's going up 5.4%. The increases are part of the Postal Service's 10-year Delivering for America plan, which was enacted back in 2021. The upcoming increase is the in the price of first class for Amper stamps will be the fifth increase under that plan. Uh, when it was introduced in two thousand in or when introduced in two thousand seven, forever stamps cost forty one cents, and any forever stamp you buy, of course, is good for sending mail forever. So yeah. if you have the drawer full of sixty six cents or whatever you bought them at, those are going to be just fine. But the next time you need to go buy stamps, it's going to be sixty eight cents. Well, I think I'm sitting on a potential gold mine well, I mean, because there you go. I've got I've got several at forty three cents that I think. See, this isn't a disaster I, for you at all. You can make some money here. Yes, resell those to some of the neighbors. And I I also have some global forever stamps. So if you'd like to send oh. a card internationally, um, you can put one of those global forever stamps on. So if you got it at forty three. Then you sell it at like sixty, and you're still undercutting the postal service, but you're making you know seventeen cents a profit per stamp. I mean, I'm, I'm sensing a business opportunity here, John. Yes, yes, I think we're so on. It's not, to a, it's not a disaster here. at all for you. This is great news for you. <laughs> yes, it is unbelievable. Now we follow three disasters. We do, we do, because when you're down and, and you're in the dumps, because life seems disastrous and it seems like you know nothing's going right and all of these horrible things are happening in the world. You know what you need, John. You, a puppy. You need some puppies. You need some puppies. John, there's a patient at M Health Fairview. This is another Minnesota story. At the Masonic Children's Hospital who's raising funds and awareness for a program that comforted her during life-saving surgery and recovery. Uh, 13-year-old Ellie presented staff at the hospital back on Monday with a check from her fuzz- fundraising efforts in honor of the hospital dog who supported her. She said, you guys have done so much for me, and so I wanted to do something for you guys. She has a rare chromosomal disorder called Turner Syndrome. When she had heart complications and had to undergo open-heart surgery in April, she formed an unbreakable bond with Fern. Even before surgery, she was really nervous, and she just kept saying, I want to see the dog. As soon as I get out, I want to see the dog, said Ellie's mom. 
So when she came out of the ICU, Fern was right there for her. Mom says Ellie was still really sick at that time and had, was having a rough time keeping anything down. But as soon as she saw Fern, she lit up. The dog jumped right up in bed with her and snuggled right in. It was like they had known each other their whole life. As she gained strength following the successful surgery, Ellie walked Fern around the hospital unit. Her love of pooches in the facility dog program led her to start a fundraising campaign. And this fundraising campaign was called Dogs for Dogs. She started at their local high school. They had hot dogs and puppy chow and some other stuff, and then they had a silent auction. And these efforts in her hometown of Twin Valley raised $1,200 for the facility dog program at Masonic, which currently has three dogs who were raised and trained by Can-Do Canines, the largest provider of assistant dogs in Minnesota. That facility dog program at Masonic launched in 2019. So Dogs for Dogs. Dogs helping kids out of surgery. We don't deserve dogs, John. They're too good for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't deserve them. And, and do you still stand in the same place as you always have on cats? I, 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 well, that depends on the last time we talked. Um, have you softened on cats? Cat, well, cats and I have an agreement. I stay out of their way. They stay out of my way. We all go on with our lives happily. Okay. That's how yeah. I'm <laughs> Yes. I, dogs, I, have, I love dogs. I want a dog. Actually, my, my apartment building went dog-friendly last year, about a year ago oh, this time. Yeah. And a man that I, I was tempted. I was so tempted. Not cheap, obviously, <laughs> getting and maintaining a dog and just the lifestyle that I lead between working two jobs and being kind of all over the place. It's just yeah. not suitable for – it wouldn't be fair to the dog, as much as I would the love sca- to have the, a dog. The schedule has to allow it, it really to, do, to do right Or you got to have dog. Like a spouse or somebody else around that can help out with the dog. Yeah, it's your turn. Yep. You get up and walk the dog. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So that, John, it, that is three disasters and puppies. How do you feel about this segment at this point? Three disasters and puppies. Yes. I, I think it's a great idea because you, you do sort of, you know, kick us in the in – the, um, Shins, just keep it, yeah, yeah, keep it, yeah, keep it peachy. And then you you lift our spirits with a heartwarming story of Fern the puppy at the um, Masonic, Masonic home. Yes. Yeah, yes. So great stuff all the way around. I appreciate Thank the heck you, out of that. Thank you for telling the stories. Hey, let's do this then. This is a great place. Rather than labor over this, let's take a time out. Come back. We'll get some more uh, rundown of weather details for you and more at News Talk 830 WCCO. It is um, 354. John Hines in for Jason DeRussia. Dan Cook in charge. He's at the control. So I get to just kind of come along here as they... um, as we work at a, at a place where if you have vacation time, you use it or lose it, right? So Correct. this is, tra- tra- yeah, this is traditionally what happens to people. Oh, I've got these days. I think I'll pile them off. So uh, just something to think about there. Hey, here's one to think about. Another great last minute gift idea. Some Powerball tickets. Hey, there you go. You know, put them in a card. And and do that. Um, the Powerball up to like six hundred and twenty mil for tomorrow night. And and Dan Cook asked this question before we got on the air. At what point do you take an interest in the Powerball or any lottery for that? Does it have to be well into seven figures? Um, and it's like I think we don't normally hear about it until it gets to be seven figures. You know, up around that million, multi-million dollar opportunity. So, which is crazy Saturday, if you think about it, because like yes. two hundred fifty million dollars, even after taxes, and you take the cash option, all of that—that's still you know life-changing, life-altering, generational type wealth. 
Yes, but 311 would be the cash value. Yeah, it would be, it's but it's nothing compared to the 620. You know what I mean? It's 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 we our 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 view of what is a lot of money gets skewed when you start talking powerball and you start talking these kinds of things. <laughs> As a former boss used to say a million here, a million there, pretty soon you're talking, talking real, real money. money. There you go. Yeah. Well, you, did you see the um the the, the annual lottery in Spain? No. Nope. Um it, yesterday or today was the drawing, and the numbers were 88008. But there's multiple prizes, but it totals 2.87 billion. Ooh. That's the one with the B to it. 2.87 billion dollars. So if you are counting your monies, um, that's a way to look at it. So what hey, better stocking up- stuffer than you know a Powerball ticket? Get the kiddies going on gambling early in their life. I mean, this would be great. And if you play one of those, well, I'll come back. I'll share this later on. But when you play one of those like white elephant type games where you steal prizes back and forth, I'll give you the secret to that when we continue here at WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.